Hello and welcome to your, to the virtual cafe. I'm your host, um, Shagilola Salami, um, on this Shagilola Salami show. Um, who have I got here? I am Jack Wong and I am from Singapore. And uh, I am actually a business owner, an entrepreneur, and I have been in Singapore for 23 years, knowing and learning how to do business day in, day out and help other people to crack the entrepreneur code and learn at the same time how to start their business and get out of the red race. Interesting. That sounds very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sounds very businessman-like. Yep, that's right. Okay, cool. So what can I get you today? What would you like okay, to get? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Steve Black, and I'm an American who's speaking to you from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, I do a lot of things. I've been working in virtual reality. I've worked in network TV, Cartoon Network, uh, Fuji TV. Uh, I'm a writer. I've written about seven or eight books, one of which has done pretty well in Singapore. I'm now in Kuala Lumpur researching another book and getting ready to do some uh, possible startup work in virtual reality and uh, augmented reality. And I think if you have a ginger tea behind the bar, that would be great. If, if you could pour me a hot ginger tea, that would be wonderful. Oh, uh, for me, can you just get me a cup of water? It is essential for me to <laughs> stay on with the show. Don't be boring, Jack. How do you come to a cafe and ask for water? Even though it's just a virtual cafe, but seriously, how can you just have water? Go on, tell me. What kind of drink okay. do you like? Okay, just give me a the lemonade. Non-alcoholic lemonade, lemonade would be good. Okay, all right then. And what would you like to have with your lemonade? Well, just give me lemonade. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not asking for a lot of things. No, you're very easy. All right then. Um, and Stephen, what would you like with your ginger tea? Um, well, if possible, a shot of rum or a chocolate eclair would be nice. Right. Well, normally my little human, um, she's two, and she would normally be helping me um, you know, serve you guys drinks. So this is a virtual and non-alcoholic virtual cafe. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> so it's a non-alcoholic virtual cafe. But in saying that, she's at nursery today, you know, because she's growing up and she's like, Mom, you know what? You sort out your virtual cafe business all by yourself and I've got other things to do. So she's gone off to, you know, to play with other little humans, leaving me to tend to the Great. virtual cafe myself um so okay fine you guys are very easy today so just a um, lemonade and just a uh, ginger tea okay that's fine i will get that to you um moment um see so now i was actually quite um intrigued by um jack and what he's you know you've said about what you do but then something and this is the geeky me just sort of taking over for a second so i'm just going to come back to you um in a, in a minute, Jack. Stephen, so you've talked about, so I've, I've heard, and again, I've not really gotten to use technology as much as I would because mommy duties, you don't really have time for yourself. And so I've actually heard of virtual reality and I know of all those, you know, um, space time goggles that you wear these days. But what I haven't heard right. about augmented reality, what the hell, sorry, what is that? I'm sorry, what is reality? What is augmented reality? Um, it's, um, I guess the easiest way to perceive it is that objects or virtual 
couple of objects. Um, virtual reality around in a artificial environment, whereas augmented reality means you're you're projecting in. Hello. Probably looking at your computer. Imagine teddy bear appears on that. It, it's uh, you know they'll do that, and usually you'll be using your hand phone to look at something as opposed to wearing you know the completely enclosure your eyes. It's anting or supplementing reality. Something there. It's a projection. Struggling to hear Stephen. I'm, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? No, I said I was really struggling to hear you. The line uh, is really bad. Um, Jack, yeah. could, was it really clear on your end? Not really. It's broken off, actually. Yeah, um, so sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Stephen, I couldn't hear whatever wow. you said. Can, can you, I don't know if it helps if I'm closer to the mic. I think it's the internet connection. But uh, augmented reality is, is simply uh, into reality, uh, usually by a kind of projection, meaning that you use your your handphone to see something which isn't actually there. It's uh, it's one of those easy to understand when you when you see it. Okay, sorry. Can I come back to you? It's a bit difficult. Um, Sorry, um, the line, the connection is really bad. Wow, now <clears throat> Yeah. Hello? Sorry, can we just come back yes, to you? I'm, I'm yeah, sorry, can we come back to you in a second, please? Because your connection is sure. really bad. A bit of yes. a few minutes, maybe it'll come back up again because I can't really okay. hear you. Um, <clears throat> So, okay, Jack, right, okay, amazing. And I do like business talk, right? So tell me, so you've been in business, what, 23 years, you said? Well, I'm actually in business for seven years. 17 oh. years before, I mean, I spent my whole 17 years, my first 17 years in the corporate world as an employee. Ah, right, okay. Um, so mm. what have you been doing for the last seven years in business? Well, actually, I have been doing consulting work in the last uh, 17 years in the corporate world, working in a law firm, working in an accounting firm because I'm a lawyer by training. And as soon as I get out of the red race, I actually set up my own consulting and training firm. And I've been doing this for the last seven years. So what kind of consulting do you do? Well, I actually do a couple of couple of consultings. To put it very generic way, um, it's business consulting and the other one is tax consulting, international tax consulting. At the same time, I'm doing sales consulting work, like helping people how to increase their sales, um, to improve their selling skills, closing techniques. These are a couple of things I'm doing right now. Right, but you're a lawyer by you know by by profession. I'm just trying to imagine how did you manage to put both of them together? Well, put it this way, because I am doing. Uh, well, my legal training helps me to refine uh, my language skills. That's important. And at the same time, because I in the corporate world, I have to face the client. I have to talk to them. I have to send them proposal. And if I, if I, eventually, I have to finish the work and build them, build them and get the money. So I've been actually learning the craft of selling in the corporate world. 
still apply what I've learned then to my business right now. So it is a skill which can be, it can be learned. That is a good news. It's not like you require talent to pick up the skill. No, of course, of course, um, because you know there are a lot of things that I've learned. You know, just that I don't think that I would have you know appreciated if I'd gone to university or you know to learn it. And um, so you know, there's a lot of um, benefits from on the job. Of learning. So now I heard that you're also an Amazon best-selling author. When did you decide to become um, an author, and how was how did you attain bestseller status? Like that is just so amazing. Well, you know what? I was actually told by my publisher. Uh, I think in 2015 when I met him, he said many of us actually had a book inside. And yeah. I didn't really think about it because I do have a lot of messages I can share, but I didn't know how to share. And yes, I have been even thinking about writing a book for many years. In fact, I admitted to my publisher that my book has been written in my mind for for uh, for 15 years. It's just <laughs> because of that alarm, where he said, "Well, just get the book out," and I said, "Okay." So this is the real deal. This is the time I really have to transform the idea into something that is tangible. So for the next ten months, I was crafting the book. I was getting my publisher to finalize it, and that's how cracking the entrepreneur code came out in 2015. It is a very interesting ten months journey. At the same time,、um, when I decided to put it as best-selling book. Um, of course, my publisher has helped me a lot in terms of the techniques, in terms of getting getting、uh, the various various resources, making sure we apply the right strategy, so that in early this year, Feb twenty、uh, seventeen,、uh, I actually relaunched this book and became an and later became an Amazon bestseller, and life has never been the same since then as a bestseller. Yeah, that that sounds amazing. But before we come about, you know, the strategies, I feel like you jumped the hoop. You you got a publisher before you had a book.、Mm-hmm. How does that、That's、work?、Right. Well, people actually want. Okay, there are actually many types of authors、uh, I come across, including my friends. Some of them were like me, like fifteen years ago when they they had the book but they didn't know how to come out come out with a book. Some were actually、yes. call people who can start writing a book but can never get it done because in their mind they have to finish writing the manuscript and then look for the publisher. You know that that's the cause and the effect chain. And for me, I actually did the reverse way. I actually got the publisher first, and the publisher obviously has already published many books, have worked with so many authors. So that that learning curve about how to get the book into reality. Came very short period of time, just because of I tricked the process the other way.、So、yes, that's that's that you know that's that's quite amazing though because from the little experience that I have, normally when you're、um, pitching a publisher or pitching an agent, you're expected to have written you know something that you can、mm. then share you know share with them for them to get a feel of your writing、um, to see if it's something they would be interested in in、yep. taking. Um, you know,、mm-hmm. take it on. So, how were you able to cheat the system? How did you get the publisher before you even written a word? Well, the publisher is unlike the traditional publishing house,、uh, which basically look for good manuscript. I mean, high quality manuscript, and then will get the book published and help the author earn what we call the royalty. 
Now yeah. I have been through that path before because I do have a book which is published under this model. And you honestly, you can't make any money by doing that right now. It doesn't work. So this publisher actually gave me a very different mindset because we are entrepreneurs. So we need to find, we need to turn this book publishing as a money-making uh, business opportunity. So instead of actually doing a self-publishing, which we can all do it, we just get the book out by ourselves. Yeah. I actually got this hybrid model with this publishing company whereby they will help me publish, they will help me market, they will get all the infrastructure done. My job yeah. is very simple. Number one, get the manuscript up. Number two, get some nice high quality picture. And number three, just think of the title and these are the three things that I need to do and the rest will be handled by the pub publisher. That's how yeah. this hybrid publishing model came about which is getting more and more popular nowadays. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting, interesting. So um, now, best-selling author. So you had your book published. What was your strategy? What did you, how did you become a bestseller? In order to be an Amazon bestseller, basically it is all about seeking help. I mean, the strategy is pretty straightforward because you've got to have a group of friends I always call them a group of friends. They can be your business associates. They can be your real good friends. And before you get this Amazon best-selling title, you've got to actually create a framework for them to help you, to help you promote the book, to help you buy the book, or maybe to give you some good comments, good reviews on a particular day. It is actually a very simple strategy. And at the end of the day, you just get what you want by listing down the steps and get your resources around you to support you and okay, so basically things you, just happen that way. So how many friends did you have supporting you at the beginning? Well, basically, I'm, I'm talking about over 100. It's not something oh, that wow, can be done like, within like three, four, three, four, three or four people that can make you a best-selling author. It doesn't work that way. Okay, seriously, 100. Wow, you're, you're like, I don't think I, I speak to 100 people um, regularly. Um, how about you, Stephen? Let's check. What's your internet like? How many friends did you have as your, as your street team? Uh, how many friends did I have as part of my street scene? Your, your street team, you know, when you launched your book the oh. first time. Well, I, I, I'm a self-publisher, and I, I, frankly, I just put it on to Amazon, and I'm, I'm very content for now not to do any marketing. Uh, my father was in the book business. I've grown up with books and marketing is a full-time job and I'm just not prepared to do that now. Um, or I wasn't prepared to do that. Now I've got about eight books and I think uh, this year, the second half of this year, I really start to, to do some marketing and then I think I can you know, can answer questions about marketing. Marketing, again, it's just a full-time job, and I'm, I wasn't prepared to do that. I wanted to work on the craft side of things. Yeah, no, which is, which is fair enough, um, because I have this belief, right, uh, rightly or wrongly, right, that when you're doing your book marketing or any type of marketing, you would be selling yourself short if you only have one book or one product, whereas... Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with that one hundred percent. Even um, with two yeah, books, so if you, you have... no, go yes. ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, uh, you know, when you're considering printing costs, for example, for advertising, um, you can take an ad out in a magazine and advertise eight books for the same price that you can advertise one book. When you advertise one book, if you're lucky, you'll get a big, big sp uh, spike in sales if you're lucky. But then you, your readers are going to be waiting for your next book. And by the time your next book comes out, you're starting from zero again. So yeah. correctly or not, my thinking was that once I've got a number of books, then I will hit it very hard and very heavy because if someone enjoys one book, another one and another one and another one. So it's a long-term strategy as opposed to a short-term strategy. I actually have a blog post called uh, Why I Have Not Done Marketing for 10 Years. So um, it's, you know, you, you, you probably have heard this, but, you know, books are a, a marathon, not a sprint. True. And then if you have people like me, right, actually, before I became an author myself, and I feel like I'm talking about myself too much, right, but before I became an author myself, right, um, there are very few books that I really, really, really enjoy. Like, there are very few books that I would give a five-star. A five-star right. book means that I am interested in seeing what else that author, like, what, um, you know, has to write. A four-star book just means I enjoyed it, but I'm not particularly interested in that author. Now, I've had, you know, a few five-star authors, you know, books that, I've seen books by authors that I've written the books five stars, right? And right. I get really annoyed because a lot of books tend to be part of a series and I don't realize that, I didn't realize that at the beginning. So I go to the end, I'm like, seriously? When's the next book out? It's not ready, and I'm really annoyed at the author. I'm like, how do you write this book and it's not complete, right? Why right, are you making right, me wait? Right. right, well, I, I, don't write, I don't write serials, but I, I understand that theory very well. You, you, know, you leave people hanging at the end of the book and then they're, they're waiting for the next one. My books are all self-contained, but uh, I think conceptually they're all related in, in just the, the, the writing style that I have, I think is a bit unusual. I, I have a difficult time describing my genre because I use a lot of facts, but they're not documentary. Uh, there's a lot of fiction, but it's not strictly a novel. So I think that's, that's another reason why I had to choose the reason, or I chose the path that I did it's because I'm basically uh, blazing my own trail. If you're a mystery writer, that's a genre, easily defined. If you're a cookbook writer, that's easily defined, you know, children's books. But once you start to, to do cross-genre, that's a very difficult uh, thing for people to understand. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, your internet connection seems to be better. And... I am really, really honestly interested. You were talking about augmented reality, which is this thing that you do. Um, so can you just tell us really quickly before your internet decides to play up again? Um, you know, it, it's difficult to uh, use a non-visual medium to describe something that's so visual, but simply it's, um, it's a way of using your, usually your handphone to see things which aren't there. In other words, you can look with your handphone all around and see the normal scene. But with augmented reality, there might be additional, there will be additional text or additional characters, um, surprises of all kinds. It's, it's a way of, a, of projecting onto reality, but you use your hand phone. You know, right. You use so the way of things your hand phone. Virtual reality thing. Are they both going together? Uh, I'm sorry, my analogy is that it's... Oh, oh, I think we're, I'm afraid we're breaking up again. Okay. No, I was asking, can you still hear me? Uh, I, I hear you now, yes. 
Um, I was asking that, does the virtual reality, because I've got an image of virtual reality um, headset, and the augmented reality by your phone, do they both go together? Uh, well, with, with augmented reality, you would normally use your, your, your hand phone. And of uh, technology, you will see things which aren't there. Um, actually, if, if you're interested in this, oh. and, and, and you Google books and augmented reality, there was really some amazing things happening. If you imagine the physical pop-up books, you know, where you would see the paper fold up and, you know, suddenly become a dinosaur, for example. Now, with augmented reality, it's a, it's a, it's a CG-generated image, but it looks like a hologram. It's really, it's, it's an incredible thing. There's, there's some amazing things between books and augmented reality in the pipeline. And, yes. Yes, you, you had mentioned, or on your blog, you mentioned something about one of your books might be the animation. Oh, my God. See, that's how I know people read my blog. When they find they say things like that now. Well, yes, that's something that I would love to do if I can afford well, to you, pay for it and amazing. Well, well you, 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 you might think of augmented reality because it, it you know, 3D, I've done 3D animation and it's wonderful, but it's very, very time consuming. Uh, augmented reality at this point, you could think of one particular image. Just think of, a, of the, the pop-up books where the paper, you know, again, you open the book and out comes, a, you know, the paper folds to reveal a dinosaur or a, a character. Just think of a single image rather than a, a series of moving images and just start brainstorming and looking. And really, it's exciting. Look and see what's happening with augmented reality in books. Yeah, but wouldn't that be expensive to do, though? Well, so is 3D animation. So, you know, <laughs> but, but the thing is... <laughs> With with 3D and, or with uh, augmented reality, you could look at your existing book and then supplement that with augmented reality, which means creating a, a software character. Which, yes, there is an expense, but compared to 3D animation, it would be much much less. 3D animation, right. you need sound, <clears throat> you need you know so much gear. Trying to make augmented reality sound easy, but you're dealing with one image per page or you know, I, I, let's say a 50-page book, maybe 40 augmented reality images, which is a lot different than a 30-minute movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds that sounds quite um, amazing, though. Um, and you know, I'm going to have to pick your brains, you know, about it, um, you know, later Please. on. But just sorry, out just of conclude, interest. So, sorry, just to yeah, conclude, I guess the simplest description is. AR can be like a hologram, what we think of a, of a hologram, <clears throat> meaning something that we're looking at that's, you know, a projection. The only mm. thing is that you use your phone to see it, whereas a hologram you can see with your eyes with an AR hologram or an AR image, you use your phone to, to reveal it. <clears throat> but how do you do it with a book, though? Do you um, have, like, a code or something in the book? How does that work with a book? I, I have read about it. I've seen videos. I haven't experienced it personally, but I assume that it's just and the app is downloaded into your phone. The phone automatically takes care of everything. So you would have to get the app to, to be put into your phone. You know, that that's that's the only thing. And that, you know, that's not such a big deal these days. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So just 
out of interest now, um, you know, because again, I would like to think that I am a potential because I don't think I am there yet. Um, yes, but I, I would like to think that I'm a potential entrepreneur. So how do you make a living right. of your writing? I mean, you haven't been um, you haven't been marketing your books actively yet, um, and you don't live in America. You live in Singapore. How you know how how is your writing? Has it been able to help you? Well, I, 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 one of my books actually has sold about 2,000 copies, which in Singapore is a national bestseller. Um, but I've done that marketing myself. The book is about a place called Tiong Bahru, which is a section of Singapore, and I'm very fortunate to know the market there. There's a market there which gets a lot of people on the weekends, and I've sold my book sitting there at a table to, to a number of people. The book is distributed in stores. Um, it's done very well, but only because of word of mouth, not because I've been behind it. As far as my other life, I, I do writing for hire. I do video for hire. I, you know, I, I do a lot of things on the side. I, I'm not depending on my writing as a way of, of staying alive or, you know, financially surviving right now. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hope that it will. I hope that it will bring in income, and I, I believe it will. But right now, it's been a very uh, conscious effort to just write and not to force it to bring in money. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I would, I can almost, well, I know I can almost, I can actually tell you that a lot of authors out there, right, would probably sell a kidney to be able to say that they sold two thousand books for one, you know, two thousand copies <laughs> for one book, right? You know, so I think well, you're and, doubt and, and that's it. But and it, it's it's I. I, I'm very humbled because, again, that's with no advertising, no no government support. Most books in Singapore, somewhere along the line, there's you know some sort of media or some sort of government support. Um, Jack sounds Jack sounds very interesting in that publisher, but I I did everything on my own, so uh, it's really I I think a, a compliment to the to the text that people you know are buying it and recommending it. It does get reviews. Um, it was reviewed in a magazine completely. If you can imagine, it was reviewed in a magazine called Art News Asia two years after the book was published, which never happens. And their opening sentence was, we, we never review anything unless it's present or upcoming. But with this book, we have to make an exception. And I, I was very humbled by, by that. And they, it was a half page review of the book, not completely unexpected. Hmm, that, that sounds that sounds amazing. So I could just imagine, you know, you can afford to just kick back and just say, you know, what, I'm just going to take it easy now. When you actually do do some marketing, because you know, without I, any I, marketing, I, 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 I didn't say I was kicking back. <laughs> there, there, there's no kicking back. I mean, it, it when when the book that I was mentioning to you took me three years to write. And you know it's difficult. You every morning I have to make difficult decisions. Do I do I do I work on the book or tr do I try and you know find find a way to bring in money? Um, I was very fortunate that my parents were in good health and my daughter was out of school, so I had a window. Actually, in two thousand seven, the uh, Kindle came out, and yeah. when Amazon decided to devote a device strictly for reading eBooks. Uh, I thought it's it's now or never. My first book was about Obama. My second book was a book of fiction set in Singapore. Uh, my third, a fact-based fiction set in Singapore. 
Um, then, the, then the next book was called I Ate Tiong Baru, and I Ate Tiong Baru is about that place in Singapore that I mentioned to you. But it, it's never just kicking back. <laughs> it's, there, there's no stockpiles of uh, cash here where I can afford to do that, but it just, for me, it's, it's the only way I can do it. It's a very, very difficult thing to market unless you've got a lot of money or time. Yes, yes, yes. So how about you, Jack? Um, hmm. Do you think you can afford to live off your writing? I'm sorry, you have to repeat the question again. Give it a mic. Yeah, I said, um, do you think you can afford to live off your writing? Can anyone afford to live off their writing? Are you, how are you doing with your writing? No way. Uh, for me, because uh, from my experience, I mean, I, I, I plot Stephen's experience because obviously Stephen's experience is another thing which i do not personally experience so i can only talk about my my experience my experience is that writing yeah. a book for the sake of actually making money from the book is no way it's not possible because i don't even need to think of like selling a book for 20 bucks hope that i've got two thousand people buying from me and make back my cost um the what i do yeah. in my business is basically to use the book as an introduction to allow me yeah. to open doors with many corporations many consulting clients because in our business what happened is that many people would be very shopping us business cards which honestly all of us would say it is just another business cards and for me i actually will throw away all the business cards because i don't need anyone another one of them but i have already proven many times that people are more impressed by me gifting them a book as a business card, as an introduction, because that differentiates myself from many other consultants, and I stand above because of that. Yeah. And as a result, yeah. a book actually allows me to get to a lot of doors that are of corporations, like I said, and because I'm also in training speaking, speaking areas, many speakers, trainers actually talk about their topic without a book, for me, a book actually gives me a very interesting and instant credibility without much, uh, without much that I need to say about what exactly I do because the book is a very good, in, uh, good credibility uh, reference. So I use the book for this means uh, to build my credibility, to build my branding and get, in the, get the doors open to many corporations. And that's how I use the book. Yeah, so that's how you're using your book, you know, as you know, as you know, as a source of leaving because you know it creates, it makes you, um, it shows your expertise, um, mm -hmm. and like you said, it opens doors. Whereas if you didn't have that book or your books, it wouldn't open those doors. So your books have basically been like the root um, or the catalyst, and it's basically helped you to do other things. It's just like I, I spoke to a marketer once. And they said that most people should do exactly what you're doing. Use your book as an intro to um, put out your expertise. Um, and mm. then you then use your expertise to do other things. So, for instance, let me guess, you know, someone who doesn't do business. I'm just trying to think, for instance, uh, a chef, right? So someone writes mm -hmm. a cooking book and, you know, people read it. They think, oh, this book is, you know, and they might say, well, you know what? I've got a restaurant, you know, and they can use that book, you know, as a way to drive, you know, traffic to their website and to their, to their restaurant so that people can actually come and see uh, or taste the food, you know, firsthand, you know, what it's like, you know, what it's supposed to be and compare it to what they've, you know, they've done, you know, at home. So, you know, it's, you know, so even though technically they're not, 
making directly money from their book in the restaurant, but it's also an indirect thing because it's helped them, it's helped introduce new customers to them. So, you know, I feel that yes, you can, because if you're using your book as a way to show your expertise, then it can help you do other things, which you can then, you know, if you if you put your family tree of your books, for instance, and all the different services you do, I think that your book would almost be at the top of it because that's what then breaks the other branches. Mm -hmm. Yep. And at the same time, the other thing that uh, 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 a person who is a public speaker can do is essentially break, create a program um, based on the book because the book is in written form. So I can turn the book into audio form. I can turn the book into a video form. I can turn the book into a live training and create multiple funnels. I mean, if your viewers understand what is the market funnel, it is a damn powerful tool. The whole funnel can be created with multiple tiers just because of one book. Yes. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, a, a book is, it's a resource. It's really, at the end of the day, it's an undefinable thing. It's an idea. And uh, that, that's an exciting thing for me. Of course, it becomes a physical product. And, you know, that's undeniably a, a, a big part of books. But when you open a book and you become lost in it or it enriches your life, that's something that's very, very, it's a magic thing. It's an idea. It's a, it's a feeling. It's a sensation. Mm -hmm. That's right. Absolutely agree. What what sort of things can one find inside your book, um, um, Jack? What sorts yes. of things? What, what, what's the content of you know, the Entrepreneur Code? Why should anyone read it? Okay, so what is it for you to read my book? Essentially, my book represents my journey of the last four years, actually seven years as entrepreneur. However, I actually documented my journey from 2011 to 2015 as regards how I started off building a business without any plan, which is a no-no, please do not do it, I'll repeat my mistake. And at the same time, how I gather the resources from different people that I came across so that I got help from people who know what I need to do. And I've got a lot of interesting ideas and also mistakes along the way as to how, um, how if you pick the book, you'll be able to learn from my mistake without costing you any money. So we always have this motto, uh, smart people learn from his own mistakes, a genius learns from other people's mistakes. And in business, unfortunately, we all will make mistakes. In traditional schooling sure. system, unfortunately, mistakes will result in punishment. But if we have this mindset as, a, as an entrepreneur, we'll never make it. So we have to accept the fact that we have to make mistakes. And mistakes equals money-making opportunity. Yes, yes, yes. No, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, but I'm looking at the time, you know, and I think my little human, she's going to be missing me too now. Because I just feel like when I always have my house so quiet, I always feel like something is wrong. And I've been looking around, and I just realized that I've probably just been looking around thinking, where's my little human? So I think... I need to get, you know, go and go and get her from nursery because the place is just too quiet now. Normally, you guys would have heard her um, by now. But before before I kick you out of my cafe so I, and I can walk up and get this little child of mine, um, Stephen, any final words of advice, any words of wisdom you would like to share? Um, just if you're a writer, you, you have to decide why you want to write. And if it's to express something, then express it. And... If it's to sell something, that's fantastic. And think of the business side of things before you start. Um, just uh, 
define your goals and if your goal is expression express yourself if your goal is to create something to sell then create a business plan and go for it you you just you you can't be shy you have to do it fabulous fabulous and final words of wisdom for you from you jack well i thought that i would love to quote stephen coffee's uh favorite quote to actually always think from the end have the ends in mind but stephen actually summed me up so nicely and i have to echo with stephen's saying you must know why you want to write this book and this book yeah. is your life's work and if you don't know what you want then think about it carefully before you start taking action because it will cost you not yeah. just money but also time so yes. I'm fairly yes. agree. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, you know, to get some um, advice, you know, how do they get in touch with you guys? Thank um, I, I have a blog, www.blacksteps.tv uh, is, the, is the phrase that I use for my uh, writing activities. That's on Twitter. Or, um, yeah, just Stephen Black, find me on Facebook and happy to share, you know, my mistakes and uh, anything that I've learned and happy to talk to anyone, really. I think that's just one Stephen Black. And, 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 and thank you for letting us talk to you, Sagi Laura. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. No, thank you. So I was asking, is there just one Stephen Black on Facebook? How does someone differentiate you with any others? Uh, author and... Um, yeah, I guess just author. <laughs> Sorry, I do have an author page. So I, I think I'm the only one, Stephen Black, with an author page. Ah, right. Okay, that's fine. How about you, Jack? Well, two ways to reach out with me. So two ways to reach out with me. Number one is uh, my book is actually available for downloading. Uh, and uh, your viewers just need to go to this website, crackingentrepreneurcode.com, and my book, downloadable version, is there, which is available. Just leave me with the email address. The, uh, the book will be sent to your email. That's number one. Number two, I'm also very active on my Facebook fan page. Uh, if your viewers can go to Jack H.M. Wong Official, which is, which is my page, uh, I post a lot of, uh, news or ideas about how, about entrepreneurship, which is my main topic there. Fabulous. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both here, um, and I hope you both enjoyed your time chatting with me, and hopefully Very I might see you guys again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank well, until much. next yes, time, everybody. Thank you, thank you very, very much. much. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Jack. And until next time, everybody, I had to do that one three times. <laughs> but until next time again, everybody, um, it's the Shekelala Salami Show. Bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, goodbye. Thank you.